if you want to change your life, get out of pain, have more energy to play with your kids and live till you're 90, then we're the place for you. <laughs> yeah, that's the business model that we went for. And it was a brutal transition because if you're in the fitness industry, you become friends with these people. You, you hear their stories, you share their things. Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you wanna find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show, let's get on to it. Sarah Mazingo, welcome to the Black Diamond Podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. What a story. What a year 2020 you had. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> thrilled to talk about it. I was just listening to listeners love this. Oh, we had such a great conversation right before we started recording. It's really interesting. I'm, I'm so excited to dive into it and uh, go through because I think a lot of people, small business owners are going to relate to your experience in 2020. I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by your willingness to go all in. And just for people understand today's recording date is January 7th, 2021. And it's funny, Sarah, we all thought, oh, thank God 2020 is over. And then, and then here we are on the seventh when on the sixth, we had rioters storm the Capitol yeah. and uh, it's just, it's off to a wild, crazy start. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's weird. So let's start with this, Sarah. Give us your backstory. How did you get to where you are? Yeah, so I'll try to make it kind of brief. So I, I played Division One basketball. Got out of that. Knew I wanted to coach. Got into coaching at a Division Three level. Wasn't able to like make the jump that you need to sustain life. So my life took a sharp left turn into insurance. Prior to that jump, I had just finished uh, graduate school in exercise science and sports management. So the, the left turn into insurance was an adventure. I traveled the country following storms for seven years. Hopped hotel to hotel. My last year, I had spent 285 days in a Marriott. And I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. When Marriott send any Christmas cards, it's time. <laughs> it's time to be done with them. Tried to do the insurance thing at home, did not love it. Right around that same time, I found CrossFit. I think like a lot of ex-athletes, it played to all of the things that athletics played to. It was the work hard, you found your tribe type of thing. Knew that was what I wanted to do. It took a couple years to get there. Went through the typical get your level one, start coaching at a gym. I had I was fortunate to be at a gym where one of the games athletes was training. Um, we weren't like a games-focused gym necessarily, but there was a games athlete there. and I got to partner with her quite a bit. 
And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And just having the coaching basketball background, it I love coaching. It's just in my blood, I think. Was in Minneapolis at the time, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and had met my then business partner. And we did a competition together and just got to chatting. Her boyfriend from Fargo, North Dakota came down and he's like, you guys should open a gym in Fargo. And I was like, that's neat. Fargo's cold. <laughs> and I've always just had a life rule that if I move somewhere, I need to know one other person that lives there. And I happen to know one other person that lived in Fargo. We opened a CrossFit Ice House in 2015. We did the standard find the garage gym. We found our first space on Craigslist. We didn't even have a lease. We had a handshake. Our, our landlord was super awesome because I think as, as business owners know, when you go to get that first brick and mortar, it's you need your firstborn and seven years of finances and all that kind of stuff. And so to be able to find a thousand square feet on a handshake was pretty magical. With that, though, it was tucked in a back alley. So we were growing a business in a town that we knew no one. And it was like, no, no, come to our gym. You just have to drive down the alley. It's going to be okay. There is a gym back there. Um, so we grew. We actually grew really well. We were two years in that space. And it started as a thousand foot bay and then you could add on to the next bay and add on to the next bay. And we ended up taking over the full space and knew it was time to, to transition. Ended up finding our current landlord, which was not the thousand dollars in a handshake. It was the real deal. Mm. And grew into, I think we're in about 8,000 square feet right now. We grew super fast. We never got like mega gym. It was like 200 athletes is about where we capped out most of the time. In last year, my business partner and I, things that happened with business partners, we drifted apart. The vision was different. I initially thought I was selling the business. It turned out she wanted to be out more than I did. So I bought the business. I did that two days before we closed for COVID. So I bought it in March of 2020. On the 16th, we closed on the 18th for two and a half months. So that was interesting Probably the best thing that could have happened for change of ownership, to be honest, but also very stressful. And then we reopened. I was fortunate enough in that time that I moved to Fargo to meet my wife at an adult crafting camp, which is awesome. And we decided that 2020 wasn't chaotic enough. So we we were scheduled to get married. We had the date picked and we decided we would do the traveling and the people would stay home. So we did a wedding at my family. We did a wedding here in Fargo and we did a wedding with her family in South Dakota. When we got back from the weddings, we just we knew it. We had to transition the gym. We knew what we were doing wasn't working, so we completely flipped the model of the gym to be a more high value, high touch, less people crammed in the door model. We lost seventy five percent of our members, and we are finally we're leveling out. Things are balancing. We ended the year on a really high note, and this is where we are now. So let's go so, back. Sorry. Yeah, a, a yeah. couple questions that I want to dive into here. Well, I guess first question, what is adult crafting? <laughs> so this is, there's a really cool local business here in Fargo called Unglued and they do an adult craft camp. And it's, if you ever went to camp as a kid, that's what it is. We literally go out to the YMCA Camp Cormorant on a lake and it's the bunk beds. It's the house with the, the dining hall and it's for adults. And so I think there's, gosh, there's probably 40 or 50 craft crafters, um, makers that come in and they teach classes, little mini classes. So you can learn how to make jewelry, 
The local brewery comes in and does a tasting. Coffee shops come in and do like coffee sipping. You can learn alcohol ink, painting, anything. And you sign up for these different sessions. And then like the they have happy hour starts at, I think, noon. And it's just a bunch of people getting together and crafting and having fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we, we got involved with that as a gym. So we do a morning boot camp. And then we do the next, on Sunday morning, we do like a hangover boot camp. So it's mostly like going for a walk. It's, it's very, that reminds me very much of the, the nine years I was a CrossFit gym owner. Sunday mornings right? <laughs> were always an interesting crew. Yeah, it was, that was, uh, we started that when they, that was what got our name out there as a CrossFit gym. And to be honest, they launched that. So we opened in March and Unglued launched their first one in, it's always on Labor Day. So September. And we got involved oh, in that. And that was a great way for us to become recognized in a town where we didn't know anybody. Yeah. And that's for people listening. That's also the, the huge potential that lies in partnerships with other business owners too, in a local area. It's, it can be really powerful. The second question I want to ask you, Sarah. So I'm going back to that January, February timeframe, right? Here you mm -hmm. are, you just took a huge risk. You bought out a business partner. I'm sure I've done that before as well. It's a big commitment. You're going, like you said many times, all in. You're taking the financial risk. You're probably putting yourself a little bit more debt. And then this whole pandemic hits and things shutting down. Where was your head? What was going on there? Initially, it, we had such a great response from members that I was nervous, but, but okay, this is going to be a month. Maybe uh, initially they called for a two-week shutdown. Talking with one of one of the other um, entrepreneurs that was a member at our gym, I'm like, okay, I see this as a month. Like we're here for a month. When month two came along, it, that's when it got pretty stressful because we were doing what everybody else did. We went on Zoom for a minute. Um, we realized that wasn't uh, productive. So we actually launched all of our classes live on social and then did use Zoom for happy hours and things like that. And you're scrambling trying to figure out ways to add value um, to people that are still willing to hang out with you and pay a membership for a brick and mortar. So it started to get a little bit more stressful in month two. And that's when like Ken and I had really great conversations about continuing to add value and ways that you can do that and ways that you can create that high touch experience for people because the longer they were indoors, the more they wanted to see people. Yeah. And we really upped our, we started doing coffee chats with all of our members so they could pick a time and we would just sit down and have coffee together and talk about how are you doing? Are you surrounded by people? Do you live alone? We really zeroed in on our live alone people. And, and just really, we met with them sometimes every other day, just for like 15, 20 minutes, have some coffee. As a business, it was the best thing that could happen because it, people have ties to both owners. And so it allowed that space. It created that space for us. And it allowed us to really showcase who I have two full-time staff at the time, who we were and where we were going. And in that, probably March to I'd say June timeframe, we made three major pivots. It was like, we're going all in and going this way. That didn't quite work. We're going all in and going this way. That doesn't feel quite right until we got it hammered down. And then it was like, okay, this is where we're going. Let's just go. And thankfully right around that time we were, we were able to open our doors and just kick it off, which was super cool. From a business standpoint that you don't get a chance in, in business to stop right? You don't get a chance to stop, regroup. There's always constant 
movement and the pandemic allowed us to stop. And it was really helpful. Yeah. You always look back at those, the most challenging times, right? I think every time I felt that my back is against the wall, something big happened, it's usually a forced action that never would have taken place otherwise. A major shift because it's really easy. And I think it's one of the the blessings of being a business in yourself is you can't be complacent. You can't. Not if you actually want to keep your business open. You're going to constantly have to be shifting and making changes. And I admire you for it. Give me an understanding of what, so what is the business model now? Like, how are you guys shifting? And then what do you think attributed to having such a strong finish to 2020? So we've been working with Sean Pastouche. If you guys, he's the owner. He's been on the show. Oh, awesome. We went, it, it, Going all in is one of our core values. And so you will you will hear me say that a lot. But we went all in with him. So he had introduced the idea of the hybrid model, taking his seminar and putting people through an assessment and then creating individualized programming in a group class environment. And everyone comes in to Ice House with one-on-one sessions with a coach. And then when they go into group class, they keep that coach. And their first 25 minutes is the things that they need to work on. So if it's a brand new athlete and they come in, let's say they've had some ankle surgeries or knee surgeries or things like that in the past, they're going to work through some of their movement capabilities. So can we get the ankles to function normally? Can we get the shoulders to move properly? That's what their first 20 minutes of class is going to be. The second half of class is that the golden sauce of what CrossFit was, right? It's that group workout. Um, we took out all of the crazy things though. So we do, we took out the multiple snatching. People feel differently on that, but we took that out. We took out high level gymnastics. We took out some of those things that can cause repetitive injuries if you do them for time quickly. And then each person's workout is individualized. If we have somebody that has ankle issues in their programming, it's already, their coach has already gone in and said, Hey, maybe you're doing box step ups instead of heavy squats today. That's already written in there. So we don't have that awkward place in a class where a coach has to say, hey, you can't do this. You need to do this, which always makes people feel not the best. Instead, it's already in their notes. And then it's no big deal. Oh, my coach tells me I have to do this. It's not um, in front of everybody. It's not the things that make them feel incompetent or less than. We took that piece away and we run classes that way. On the background, coaches are doing individualized programming and then they're checking in with members at least once a week via text or Facebook, whatever the member prefers. And they also get a one-on-one session. So every month uh, they get to meet and do a personal training session with their coach. And what's cool about that is sometimes it's personal training and it's what you think of when you think of personal training. And sometimes it's when it's nice in Fargo, it's a two-mile walk where they're they're talking about things. One of the I overheard one of the sessions this morning, and they're talking about the storming of the Capitol and the stress that caused, and what's next. And the coach is is listening and hearing that member and validating their concerns and allowing them to get that out and leave and feel warm and fuzzy. Depending on the member, depending on the circumstance, those sessions can vary drastically. But yeah, so we went from your standard CrossFit model of come in, warm up, workout to a very individualized approach. I love it. And so I'm going to explain to people who may maybe don't know the fitness industry and specifically even CrossFit, but yeah. uh, why this is such an interesting thing and why it's so risky is that many traditionally CrossFit 
Okay. And what had became the mainstream CrossFit model was a group model and everyone did the same workout and it was always high intensity. You had very, at times, complex movements like Olympic weightlifting, snatching, clean and jerking, clean and jerk. You had what we would call advanced gymnastics. So maybe such things as high repetition, dynamic pull-ups, work on the rings, gymnastics rings, handstand work, all of these things. And what happened is, and a lot of people didn't like to admit it for a very long time, is people get injured and they leave. And there was with that camaraderie that you alluded to earlier of that tribe, people really loved it and they stuck to it and they would push past points where they shouldn't have. And you'd end up losing clients, getting maybe a poor reputation, but people still loved it. People love the group class. They love that grunting, that hard work, that lying on the floor in a puddle of sweat feeling. But when you, as a coach, you can mature to a point where this isn't right. I don't want to see people get injured. I want to do no harm. And CrossFit as a community had a very hard time for a very long time admitting that that was actually a thing. We fought it. We lost the media war on it. And I'm talking, we, I don't own a CrossFit gym anymore. Yep. Uh, and for you to do this in understanding that you are essentially shifting the product and service to something similar, but very different. And that you're going to lose a lot of people who came for that original product and service. So you had to be full on faithful that this was going to work out and this was the right thing that people would want this. What were your clients' reactions when you shifted to this model and they said, this isn't CrossFit anymore? Did you get that? I would imagine you had to have. Oh, I totally got that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Initially, we rolled it out. So our initial plan was we have two bays. We're just going to grow one bay. Mm -hmm. And looking at the coaching scheduling disaster of that, we're like, nope, we're just going to flip. So we flipped it and allowed every member to have two months at no additional charge to their membership. So everybody got the individual coaching. Everybody got everything. I would say most of the people who had been with us for the longest fought the hardest. It wasn't working. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't that pile of sweat. I left here and I felt like I still had energy which should be a good thing, wasn't. (laughs) And what we found most interesting from the direction you're talking about is when it came time, the last three weeks or last two weeks before we officially raised the price and said like new contract starts, all of that, we did a testing, like a couple testing, a couple of the, what CrossFitters would love of testing. So a heavy back squat, we did a heavy deadlift, we did a heavy press, then we did a heavy clean. 85% of the, the membership hit PRs and hit big PRs. We had people with training since the very beginning with us, four or five years hit 30 pound PRs. And what was interesting is that that wasn't the thing that, that they wanted. They just wanted to sweat in a pile in a heap. And that's what I think shocked us the most was that we can prove you results. We can prove you results in the thing that make you feel good as a CrossFitter, but because you're not lying on your back every day sweating, it was time to leave. I think that our response to that, we we recommended gyms in town that we thought would take the best care of them, to be honest with you. I wasn't going to try to fight somebody who didn't want what we were doing. And so we, we sent them to the gym two miles down the road. They're great people. And said, hey, if that's what you want, that's where you're going to find it. If, it's, if you want to change your life, get out of pain, have more energy to play with your kids and live till you're 90, then we're the place for you. <laughs> yeah. That's the business model that we went for. And it was a brutal transition because if you're in the fitness industry, you become friends with these people. You, you hear their stories, you share their things. Like it, there was two weeks in the gym that felt 
not awesome. And that's because the coaches are also experiencing this, right? It's not just the owner. It's the coaches that have put their time, energy, and effort into these people, especially for the last two and a half months. They've been individualized programming. They've been meeting with them weekly. They've been pouring their lives into making the member's life better. And I was like, ah, cool, I'm out. So there was two weeks where it, it didn't feel good in here. And we had a, a really solid staff meeting. We came together as a staff, and I was like, I know this is happening. I hear you. I see you. And we're going to get through it. And what's been cool is we've been attracting clients that want to be here. And one of our coaches who had one of the biggest struggles with the transition is now flourishing. And is, it is super fun to coach people that get it. Yeah. And that's, that's what every coach wants is the, to coach people that get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I went through all of this very similarly back in 2015 is when we extended, I had gone through OPEX, which you probably yep. know. It's uh, a very similar model. And, yep. Yeah. I went yeah. through OPEX. Uh, James Fitzgerald was my coach for a few years. I went through all their education and came back every time I would come back from Arizona after doing one more round of education, I'd just look around. I'm like, where this isn't right. We're not doing this. Yep. But I had a business partner. I was like, why are we, why would we mess with this? We're all making good money. We're one of the <laughs> premier CrossFit gyms on the central coast of California. And why are we going to mess with this? I'm like, God. So I, I kept toying. I'm like, how do I keep this? And then we did the same thing. We, we rented the bay next door and I started doing individual programming there and then allow people to come into community classes on Saturday. But I never went all in on one model or the other, because frankly, 80% of my income came from the group class model. So it's like, you have to make a conscious decision of, I'm just going to be cool with that. And we're just going to have high churn that model. And we're just going to keep the advertising going. I'm going to have coaches that I'm going to pay $20 an hour and they're going to be part-time coaches. And that's just going to be my life. Or you make the full leap to what you did and be like, okay, we're, this is it. We're drawing the line in the sand. This is the date that we switch. We're all in. And I commend you for doing that because it can be very scary, especially if you've been established for a while. And I think there's a lot of different industries who would probably relate with, okay, are we doing the right thing for our clients? And if we need to evolve, who are we going to piss off? And it's a hard thing to do, right? It absolutely is. And, and it's you can play the game of who's going to leave, who's going to stay, or who's going to like this and who's going to not like this. And we've had 17 whiteboard sessions and the Venn diagrams and all the things. And <laughs> until you do it, you don't know. And it, it's been a really, like the, one of the best feelings like as a gym owner was, it can be terrifying to do payroll sometimes. And at the same time, it's very gratifying to know that you're paying your staff in a way that they can have a life. Cause we were doing the same thing, the $20 an hour and you pay a coach, maybe $1,500 a month and good luck. And we're able to pay them to where they can go buy a new car and possibly save up to buy a house. And that's not only is it about changing the members' lives, but you're also changing your coaches' lives. And that's hugely important to me. Yeah. And, and I think traditionally, when you look at the fitness industry, there's three parties involved, right? There's the facility owner, there's the coach, and there's the client. And to find a situation where all three win has been the challenge in the industry really since its inception in the 60s. Yeah. And But it's evolving and it's great. So tell me, what is... What does it look like now? How much does do you charge a client? How, you know, are your coaches making money? Are you is your retention better? What are all the descriptive metrics? Some of them are a little bit challenging because we're two and a half months in, so I don't have the best data in the world. But so far, retention is is huge. We've only lost one member, and that was actually two days ago, and it was an interesting loss because she said her direct words were, "I've reached all the goals that I came here to do." 
why would I stay? And yeah. I was like, okay, like you got nothing else? And she's no, I've, I've hit them all. And I was like, she's a military-based person. And yeah, it was just really interesting. I was like, okay. But we charged, so we were at like 160 and we charged 399 To the intro session, we do 12 one-on-one sessions. That's right around $1,000. We need less people, which is really great. Right now we have right around 50 members. Our goal is to get to 100. And that's all we're going to keep the gym at. When COVID came the squares that entered the fitness space. Some, depending on your state, you're in a 12 by 12, 18 by 18 workout square. Our members love them. So those will stay. And so for us, we know our capacity and we know how many people we can serve based on the squares. And yeah, growth has been good. We upped with the extra, with the extra funding, we were able to really dive into our marketing and really um, professionalize that. So we've gotten professional videos shot and we're getting anywhere from five to nine sales meetings a week of people that are interested in wanting to see this individualized approach. We're 80% closure rate. So depending on the week, that's how many new members we take. We're also, because they come in one-on-one, we vary the availability of sales meetings based on how many coaches have opportunities to train. So Because we don't want to just hammer in a coach and burn out and I have to hire a new coach in four months. We keep a close eye on how many one-on-ones new one-on-ones they're able to do because they also have, each coach has a roster of people making sure that they're managing their schedule and their time as well. So, yeah. It's, it's it, the, there's certain industries that have obviously seen a, a huge amount of disruption in 2020, fitness being one of them, education, travel, entertainment, all of them, those, they've been shifted forever. And I think the fitness industry in particular, which I know and love, has been ready for significant change. And it was happening really gradually, but now it's happened really fast (laughs) and it's happened really quickly. And I'm wondering from you being in one of those people who are in the trenches, working with clients, working with coaches, making it happen, being part of the change, what what are you excited for in 2021? How do you think the fitness industry is going to be better? What's your take? I think it is going to be better. I think this is a big wake-up call for a lot of us. And like we briefly spoke prior, but just that taking care of what's best for the client. And I think we're seeing that shift happen. I think that this uh, transitions into the shift of healthcare. And how can we, how can we really help? We have a, a pandemic that attacks a weakened immune system and obesity. And if you have all of those underlying chronic kind of issues... This is a really scary time. And so I think it's a wake-up call for people to be like, oh, yeah, I can't just sit at a desk eight hours a day and expect to be okay. And I think as coaches, we have the opportunity to really dive in and help each person. And that's what I'm most excited about. I think that what's cool from our brick-and-mortar standpoint is we get to also kind of battle with your Pelotons and your mirrors and the people that are enjoying fitness in their home and how do we prove that we can do that and better because you have that human connection we can have those conversations about things that are happening in your life you have that not only fitness outlet but lifestyle outlet and I think that the coaches that do that the best are going to find the most success the coaches that understand their client is 
working from home and now a homeschool teacher and dealing with elder parents that this pandemic is terrifying for, the more that the coach can have compassion for those issues and the more the coach can get good at their emotional intelligence as well as their empathy as well as their technical intelligence, those are the ones that are going to win. And those are the ones that are going to do really well in the future. I think people are going to seek uh, human connection more than anything once the kind of the vaccine or the things are lifted and, and the coaches that are ready for that and to ready to really have deep, meaningful conversations with their clients are the ones that are going to, they're going to crush. And I think people will not put as much value in, oh, I go to a gym with 500 people and everybody's, I don't know as many people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a couple things, people definitely are more aware of their health. That's hands down. You know, I think if anything, I wish as a, a country, we did focus a little bit more on, yeah, you got to be healthy. Your best bet to beat the virus is to be healthy and have a nice, strong immune system. That just right. didn't seem to come across as loudly as I would have liked to this day. Hopefully the history books write this one. People will notice that for when you know we undoubtedly have another pandemic, hopefully not in our lifetime. So yeah, I think that's huge. People are shifting their focus to overall health and not as much as, I don't know, I say this with no facts to back it up, the vanity fitness. Also the professionalization of the fitness industry. I think for a long time, the fitness industry compared to maybe some of our colleagues in the medical and health professions weren't as respected. And I think those people who kind of the atypical trainer who works at a big box gym that has thousands of members, but they only want 20% of them to show up and they count reps and drink their coffee with their personal training clients and just kind of go around the room. I don't think that's going to exist after this, but the people you're talking about who are really there to educate themselves, become more of a health professional, more than just a fitness professional and making people happier and healthier, and then are willing to charge adequately for that value. That's a huge win. That's a huge win for everybody. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, me too. And that's exactly, that's a, you nailed it. It's that truly stepping up in the healthcare and, and looking at what healthcare is. It's not just a doctor's visit. It's about taking care of yourself and, and you, you have the control of that and you might need some help and people are willing to help. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So what I like to ask this question then, because it just opens up networks and maybe people are listening, but what's your biggest need right now, Sarah? What's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now, now that we enter into crazy 2021? <laughs> I feel like 2021 was like, hold my beer. Yeah. Our, it, it's for us right now, it's getting the word out of what exactly what you just said. It's that we're not just a a fitness gym where we drink our coffee and, and hang out and talk to you about not, not important topics. It's getting the word out that we really are trying to change the fitness industry. That's been our biggest is separate that separation from CrossFit to, Oh, that is something different and new and, and really just making that distinction. Yeah. Awesome. So Sarah, if people want to get in touch with you, maybe if there's fitness professionals listening to this or people who, yeah, just want to reach out and, and see how things are going or connect with you or be part of your community, where do you send people online? I'm, I'm an Instagram person. SK Mozingo is my Instagram. We have a website, icehousefit.com. Sarah at icehousefit.com is uh, my direct email. Any of those are great places to find me. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and being just open 
right? About the challenges that you faced and congratulations on uh, doing something really scary and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel by going all in, right? Believing uh, in what you believe. That's, that's, that's really powerful. So yeah, appreciate you coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Mazingo. Hey everybody, this is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be, I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me, let me know what you're thinking, uh, make an introduction, whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.